Hello and welcome to Rural Business Uncovered, brought to you by the CLA, where each week we discuss matters affecting the rural sector. The Country Land and Business Association are the only organisation dedicated to protecting and defending the rights of landowners and rural businesses. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Today, we're going to be talking about farm diversification. Now, according to DEFRA's Farm Business Survey, over 60% of UK farms have diversified in some form. So farm diversification is certainly not a new trend. Having the ability to adapt and think creatively have long been essential components to ensure a farming business can survive and thrive. In this episode, we'll be meeting Sally Bendel, Managing Director of Hollow Trees Farm in Suffolk, to hear about her diversification story, the challenges and the successes. Hollow Trees is a 140-acre working farm, which also has a hugely popular cafe and farm shop, a family trail with play areas for children, and the farm hosts educational school visits. We're also joined by Alison Provis, the Regional Surveyor with CLA East, who will tell us about the key things to consider and look out for when a embarking on a new business venture. Well, welcome, uh, Sally and Alison. Great to have you both on this podcast. I thought we'd start with some introductions. Um, Sally, could you tell us a bit more about yourself uh, and a bit of an overview of Hollow Trees Farm? Okay, so um, as Ali said, I'm Sally Bender and I run Hollow Trees with my husband, Robert. And um, we started, we moved to Hollow Trees about uh, uh, nearly 40 years ago, 1986, and we've both been trained agriculturally and uh, worked in agriculture. And it's my husband's father's farm. Uh, and uh, we moved our calf rearing business over to Seema, which is a tiny village in Suffolk, which is 50 houses, and had no intention of running a farm shop. So we began uh, rearing calves, carrying on like that. Uh, we did sell a few eggs and potatoes from the side of the road, like a lot of people did in 1986. Um, and basically, the calf business uh, financially went quite wrong. It was a time of um, those that might remember Chernobyl, milk mountains, milk powder mountains, etc. Uh, uh, but what was thriving was the roadside cart. So it's a very long story, but an evolution from selling a few vegetables on the side of the road to what we have today, uh, which, as you said, is farm shop, farm trail cafe, deli, plant centre and uh, educational visits. And yeah, it's been a really interesting, great journey, but uh, all with the farm at the heart. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's always important to keep the, the farm at the heart of all the activities. And we'll have an opportunity to, to walk through that journey with you and, and to find out a little bit more about what prompted the diversification in the first place in just a moment. But before that, um, Alison, if I can turn to you, uh, perhaps you could tell our listeners a bit about uh, your background and your role as a regional surveyor with CLA East. Yeah, thanks, Alex. So I joined the CLA back in January uh, 2020. So gosh, I don't know, six weeks before lockdown as a uh, chartered surveyor in the East office based out of Newmarket. Um, So I've been in the sector for about 10 years or so, advising um, private clients, institutional landowners, corporate clients on a range of matters affecting their agricultural, residential and commercial property portfolios um, throughout uh, East Anglia. And with the CLA, our role is to provide members with um, advice through the advisory service, which members um, can access via their membership on a whole host of matters. So I specialise in planning, for example, um, commercial matters, also residential property issues as well. Uh, we also cover access, compulsory purchase, a whole host of things. Um, so, yeah, we definitely can provide members with a whole host of advice on, on a range of matters. Well, thank you, Alison. And thank you, Sally, as well for, for your introduction. And great, great to, to understand a bit more about your backgrounds. And clearly, uh, th- this podcast, we'll be talking about diversification and seeing firsthand uh, the experiences of somebody who, who's done it. And of course, Alison, with, with your perspective from a professional hat on, uh, a key to identifying some of the key areas to consider. Um, Sally, if I can just come back to you, you explained right at the very beginning about how the business grew uh, and, and now you're employing over, over 70 people, if I'm right. So it's so a huge, huge growth. How, how did that happen? Did, did it happen organically over a period of time or, or did you always have a clear plan that you wanted to, to, to expand in such, such, a, such a way? No, uh, we didn't have a clear plan um, and it has happened organically. As I said, initially, very sadly, our first worker we ever had was made redundant when we were uh, doing our farming business, totally just farming. Um, So we were very conscious of not wanting to repeat that. So we've always grown very organically. As I pointed out, the finance was uh, ultimately the issue. So we've always ensured that we can all our investments have been manageable um, and we have not... um, overstretched ourselves as they've been extremely organic over a period of years and that's sort of been uh, the ability uh, doing it that way we've been able to adapt as trends and differences we've been able to change our model we didn't have a set plan to start with I think if we did it on a lesser time scale that uh, probably would have been ideal but the fact we've we've worked it and for several years we worked our business um, we continued with where I'm sitting today, which is in our calf, uh, sorry, in our meeting room, was originally our calf sheds. So we've organically moved things on. Um, but as I say, having initially uh, got ourselves into sort of a bit of a, a squeeze, and if you can imagine that we were a lot younger at that time, um, so it's quite sort of a, a frightening um, experience that we decided we didn't want to repeat. So we've grown organically. And how do you manage to... to- keep the working farm ticking over nicely alongside all the various activities in the cafe and the farm shop and the school visits is there other times a year when the farm is really busy and also the the the, the other aspects are, are really busy as well and it can be a bit of a challenge to manage both or, or do they feed off each other are they are they important aspects to, to, to the whole package 
they definitely feed off each other. They are um, absolutely important. Um, I think what really helps is that there are two of us at the helm, and my husband, Robert, uh, tends to do the day-to-day farming now. Um, and I look after um, the hiring, the, uh, you know, the general the shop, the the people, the customer service, etc. So that really helps. But I think more importantly, um, each area has got a team um, that works, and and we've been conscious of building up a team that can manage each particular area. Um, but we always maintain that we are one team, if that makes sense, with lots of sub-teams that feed into each other. But it's certainly a challenge, uh, you know, particularly when you're doing such things as promotions and, you know, who do you prioritise and how do you do it. But running the farm is always the priority and farm always comes first because it is the basis of everything we do. And without the farm, we have no diversification. So the farm clearly has always maintained a core position in, in your business. And what what have you learned along that journey? Uh, what, looking back now at all your successes and the challenges and uh, no doubt the highs and lows that have been along the, the past few decades, what, what would you think uh, and what would you say are the key areas of learning? Oh, such a, a huge amount of of learning um but so many things really but i think to be able to build the right team at the right time uh for example when we were sort of younger and um building this we needed a lot more business advice um a lot more planning advice and so on um but you know as we've developed and gone through those journeys currently we're building a younger team to start to move the business on for us, if that makes sense. So, yeah, building the right team at the right time, um, adapting. We've just obviously going through what we've just been through over the last 18 months has been a huge amount of adaptation. But really, ultimately, whatever diversification is done, it's about the people and um, making sure that we have the right people at the right time. But yeah, it's been a fantastic learning journey and um, I'm doing things that I would never have dreamt I would be doing um, in terms of technology, etc. Having been trained agriculturally, my um, thought was I would spend my days looking after cattle, etc. But here I am sort of employing people, using technology, occasionally washing up in the cafe and so on. So yeah, huge learning curve. And, and Alison, w- would you agree with that insofar as having the ability to pick up new skills really, really quickly is key if you're thinking about diversifying on the farm? Absolutely. So uh, with farm diversification, as uh, Sally has been saying, it's, you know, it's, it's, it is about the people um, because really, you know, to make these events uh, successful and these businesses successful, um, you know, everybody has to be on board. And also we've seen over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, uh, you know, Hollow Trees is a great example of having to innovate and, you know, adapt to change immediately, literally overnight that was. So, you know, having the appetite and the desire um, to, to, to be able to do that is, and, and as you say, the skills to be able to do that is, um, you know, I think going to be a key uh, element going forward for, for farm diversification, whatever that might be, uh, whether it is, um, you know, something like hollow trees where it's a destination with uh, farm shop farm trail etc or whether it's uh, tourism based glamping camping all the rest of it or something else 
the uh, the skill set that one has to have now uh, for, for diversifications is um yeah is is quite vast and what advice would you give someone who, who's just uh, starting out and thinking about potential business ideas and new ventures which they can launch from the farm w- where do they need to start so the first thing uh would be really from from my point of view is you know what are you hoping to achieve you know what is your vision i mean it's going to be you know quite a long road ahead depending on your proposal so really you need to be thinking about what your own expertise and interests are you know what are you passionate about so you know what is going to make you get up in the morning and you know with the early starts or whatever it might be you know what's going to sort of encourage you to do that so i think the first thing is yeah you personally what you're uh, what you're about and what you're wanting to to do really and then moving on from that it's it's then kind of looking at your assets so what what do you have around you location wise but also on your particular site uh you know what basically what what can you exploit um to your advantage to to create a business the CLA do have a rural asset management plan on our website. Um, so we created this document um, two or three years ago to help members uh, do exactly that, understand what you have on your farm, uh, what's available to you um, and how you might be able to use it to your advantage. So we, we have a guidance note on that and there's a template uh, plan available on our website as well. Just just uh, type in rural asset management plan on the search engine and it should come up. Um, so that's a great place to start to, you know, put pen to paper to really start to think about where you might want to be going um, and, and, and how you might get there. And then also, you know, it's thinking about uh, market research, where there's a gap in the market, uh, what the demand is looking like. Do, do you have a USP, you know, a unique selling point? What, you know, what can you offer that perhaps other people locally aren't offering? So again, the rural asset management plan can help you work that through. And then it's moving on to things like, you know, financials, you know, what, what's your budget? What, you know, what can you afford to do? Going back to staff that Sally mentioned earlier, you know, how much time can you commit to it? Are you looking to sort of get staff in? Do you need additional staff to support the venture? For example, you know, as we know these days, social media and marketing is becoming a, you know, an ever increasing element of a business venture. Um, and, you know, some members might feel that they need the help on that and support. So uh, it's about thinking um, around those sort of elements as well. What other support or advice or expertise you might need to uh, might need to bring in. And then also, you know, as well, it's about the practical consideration. So, you know, inevitably planning can often come into it. Do you need planning permission for what you're proposing? Uh, car parking, if it's a venture that obviously, you know, with visitors coming, where are you going to host the car parking access, uh, WCs and facilities and things like that. So, you know, it's then moving on to the practical considerations. There's also other elements to consider, for example, um, planning. Uh, that's often uh, an aspect of farm diversification projects. And again, that's something that the CLA can help with. Uh, but also other things like insurance, um, taxation, um, that will obviously become uh, an element of it, business rates um, and things like that, and impact on capital tax allowances, perhaps. So uh, it's important to seek advice on that uh, and also legal considerations. So perhaps with hollow trees, for example, with the cafe, they're serving food. So there'd be food hygiene regs and things like that to consider. But if you're diversifying into something else, perhaps holiday lets, maybe something like that, then residential property compliance uh, will become um, a problem. And that's quite extensive. And again, that's something the CLA can help members um, navigate their way through because that can become uh, you can become quite bogged down in that if uh, if you're not careful. So uh, do seek advice on that. And then, you know, please contact us. So 
with membership of, of the CLA. Uh, members are uh, can access free uh, advice uh, from people like myself. So I'm a chartered surveyor and agricultural valuer. So I can help members with, uh, you know, planning and things like that. So, you know, please do contact us. We also have legal teams in London and tax teams. So we have a huge amount of experience, uh, which we can help members with, you know, navigate those early steps uh, when they're thinking about a venture like this, perhaps. today. The Country Land and Business Association have been safeguarding the interests of landowners and rural businesses since 1907. We lobby government continually on behalf of our members to give them the security and certainty to invest in their land and business. Our in-house professional advisory team offers members independent and impartial advice on every aspect of land ownership and rural business management to ensure the positive development of the rural economy. And Sally, we live in an age where there is so much information out there. And as Alison has explained, there's advice and support available to people. Did you take advice right at the very beginning of your diversification journey? Or have you benefited from discussions with professionals and and indeed fellow farmers, other people who have done similar things to you? Yeah, that, that, listening to Alison, that was absolutely fantastic. And I very much wish sort of 30 uh, odd years ago, uh, we had sat down and listened to that wonderful advice um, because we were early sort of uh, in our diversification before many farms had had to think about it but in answer to your question we did um, we didn't initially uh, didn't knowingly if that makes sense um, but looking back on it there was um, sort of things like business link and authority assistance but yeah we also took advice from people that weren't farmers and people outside who could look outside. You're always very close to your sort of diversification to your farm, so you tend to look in. But, yeah, absolutely wonderful advice. We um, joined various organisations that are specific to farm retail, to farm attractions. We actually went to America several times. There's a conference that is run in America each year, the North American Farmers Direct Marketing Conference, uh, which... Um, was excellent in 
teaching us about they do what they call ag agutainment very well, which is the likes of the pumpkin season. And we were er very early adopters of the pumpkin festival, which is very big for us now. Um, so that was all learnt from America. So we spread our net very wide, but we certainly took advice. And even now, the different stages of the business, you know, we're at a stage now where we're planning, it, you know, really to slow down a lot. So taking advice from all these professionals uh, is absolutely necessary. And there's probably a bit of me that wishes we could have taken it earlier, um, but we didn't. But as I say, it's been from family, friends. You need to just keep talking about it and sounding people out. Um, and sometimes that can be done professionally, but sometimes it can just be done in the bar at the end of the day to just sound people out. But it's so essential to um, do so. There's so much we can learn from one another. Alison, did you want to come in on that point? Yeah, thanks, Alad. I did. I think Sally's point about looking outside the sector and seeking um, advice and experiences from um, other areas is 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 such a great point because I think there is a risk that if we you know if we don't do that and we sort of continue to sort of um, seek information from the same pool then you know I think that can sort of sometimes hinder innovation perhaps so I think that the point about seeking uh, information and you know reaching out to other other organizations and sectors for for advice um, and experiences and just sharing best practice and things like that is is so important so uh, yeah I, I would definitely advocate that certainly uh, and that's been very helpful indeed over the past 12 months or so uh, having to uh, all our lives having to adjust to, to, to the pandemic restrictions uh, Sally from a business perspective uh, how is your business affected by by, by the covid 19 pandemic <laughs> Interestingly, because of the various facets we have here, it's been affected very differently. The farm shop uh, is food, so that saw a steep rise in customers coming in, uh, which was fantastic. And um, uh, we introduced a click and collect system, which was uh, really sort of put pressure on, and we turned the cafe into a warehouse, etc. But then we had our cafe team and our education team, our trail team, all on furlough. So we've been running a business that's been extremely sort of difficult to have those front facing people day in, day out, initially very scared uh, of facing people. But then we've also had to be supporting our people that have been on furlough. So it's been quite a challenge. But, you know, we, we sit around and we can all give positives that have come from it. And thankfully, at the moment, um, I'm touching wood here. We have the majority of our team back. Some are still on flexi furlough, but the majority of them are all back and working together. Because as I said earlier, we are very much one team all feeding into the Hollow Trees brand um, and the Hollow Trees business. So we're not happy when half our team are sitting on furlough at home. But it's affected it in that we have introduced new techno technology systems, i.e. you now have to book to come onto the farm, which is something extremely different. You have to book to come into the cafe. So there's been all that kind of thing that we've had to, say, get up to speed very, very quickly. A lot of the staff in the office have had to be redeployed to pick orders and everything. So I think it's shown how adaptable our team are and how supportive our team have been. It's been rapid change. Uh, as uh, was said earlier, we've literally had to put screens up on tills overnight 
and work with things. But we can see positives from it as well as, you know, it's obviously been a very difficult situation. Uh, and Alison, is, is that a message that you picked up from your conversations with, with other members who have diversified that there are occasionally positives to come from the pandemic insofar as how businesses have adapted and embraced technology? Absolutely. So, you know, as Sally was saying there, you know, um, having to sort of change overnight and all the staff being reallocated to, to different sectors of the, um, of, of the business, you know, and also what she was saying about the technology, you know, having to um, do the click and collect and implement um, the tech to be able to do that and offer that service to members, you know, uh, to, um, to consumers, you know, pretty much immediately. So I think, I mean, again, going back to sort of, you know, our advice to, to members looking at things like this, you know, it's also about keeping one eye on future trends. I mean, I'm amazed at the innovative solutions that members have come up with in times of diversity. And this last 12, 18 months has just been, you know, the exact example of that. But so it's 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 also about sort of keeping on consumer trends. Uh, for example, the uh, the shop local that's that's come through over the last um, 12, 18 months since COVID at, at Hollow Trees um, that they've seen, but also the wider government policy and other global trends. Um, for example, the tech side of things that's only going to increase. Uh, and if you can establish um, a USP in terms of leading the way and adopting new technologies and new ways of working in relation to that to reach out to your target market, then you know that can only be a good thing. I think going forward. And where's best for people to guess new ideas, innovative ideas? Because we hear and we see a lot of examples of farm diversification, but you always want to try to find that something that's ever so slightly different to, to, to gain a bit more attention and get people talking about your business. Where, where can you go? Do, do, do people turn to Google and, 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 and looking abroad possibly at some new ideas that potentially could work here? It's a really good question. Um, and one that, you know, people do come to us with. So, um, yeah, we have a wealth of experience and advice in-house, but, you know, also our membership is 28,000 members. You know, the network is huge. And many of those are happy to show experiences, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly uh, on what they've been going through with their with their various ventures. So, you know, we're often putting members in touch with each other to, you know, sort of, you know, for peer support in relation to that. Um, but also things like the local market, uh, you know, from from your location, seeing what the business is doing and seeing the gap uh, that is there that you might be able to fill uh, and, you know, establishing what, what the demand is um, and whether you can meet that demand and, um, you know, create a business to, 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 to fill that gap, perhaps. But also, you know, it, it does go back to what Sally, Sally and I were saying earlier about seeking, uh, you know, advice from from elsewhere you know we can learn so much from 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 other people um and i think you know over the last um 18 months with covid we've welcomed um you know a lot of new people to the uh, rural sector in the countryside so you know people that haven't perhaps visited before so you know these people uh, will bring them with them new ideas um and new demands as well you know in terms of trends and things like that, we're often seeing that um, people are after more experiences as opposed to, you know, material possessions and things like that. So, you know, what new experiences are these people, uh, what, you know, wanting from the countryside? Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, ask us, uh, ask, you know, and, and we can put you in touch with, with other members, um, see what's happening in the local market. But, yeah, I mean, you know, just 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 do the research, really. I mean, as you said at the beginning, uh, over 60 percent of farms have diversifi diversified. Um, that's been possible through uh, legislative, legislative changes, for example. 
for example, most recently, we've seen that the permitted development rights uh, for temporary changes of use of land um, have been introduced. And that's been increased from uh, 28 or 14 days to 56 or 28 days, depending on what the uh, what's what's happening so we've seen members uh you know really looking to to use that for campsites uh weddings and markets and fairs and things like that and they've really been taking advantage which you know throughout the pandemic has really helped businesses uh weather the storm glamping and staycation trends obviously since uh holidays abroad have been curtailed um have been increasing in number but just as a sort of a, a bit of a um a bit of a warning perhaps uh you know i think it's important for people looking at looking at this diversification to really think about whether that's going to be the case post covid perhaps um you know we have seen that uh that trend uh, and that um sort of you know the, the nation has had a renewed sense of admiration for the countryside and staycations and things like that um but yeah i think it's it's important to just you know have a think about whether that might still be the case uh you know in a post covid world perhaps um so just a just a slight bit of caution there perhaps and sally have you noticed a change in the expectations of your customers over the years uh, most definitely. Uh, they are have higher expectations in terms of quality, safety uh, and experience. And just going back to the point that was made there, I think what COVID has done is taught us at Hollow Trees is what we don't want to be, is a very easy to try and be all things to all people. And as I said, we had a very successful click and collect, which we were more than happy to do. And we were doing 70 or 80, 100 orders a day. But we we sat down and talked about it as a team. And we want people to come to us. We want to be a destination. And we we don't want to continue with doing click and collect because we want people to come and see our farm and come onto the farm and see. So I think that the challenge is to, in your diversification, is to be careful about um, trying to be all things to all people, which we're all guilty of and we've been guilty of. But I think this last 18 months has really shown us what we want to be, you know, our... um, our line is that we want a great day out and access to agriculture for all and that can't be achieved by putting our items as great as they are and the local food as great as it is into a box and then meeting somebody in the car park with it so ultimately I think one positive that has come from things over the last 18 months is we really have decided what we don't want to be it's right for some people to do box schemes, etc. And that's some fantastic diversifications. But I think, if anything, that's another bit of advice, as I say, is to, to really determine what you want to be and what your goals are. And the last 18 months has steered us away from what we thought we were initially pre-COVID missing out on. We thought, oh, we must have a, a web shop, etc. And we were very felt very much behind the curve. But now, 18 months on, having gone through what we've gone through, we've reaffirmed really what we want to be, and that's people coming to us. So it's a really interesting journey. Uh, and that's a really interesting point you've made there. Almost the, co- the COVID experience has reinforced what you want to be your, your core aspect. That is the experience of visiting Hollow Tree Farms is, is what you want your customers to, to enjoy and experience. And that's, 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 that's a really interesting point you've, you've made there. And, and looking at 
diversification, which can often be linked to succession planning, particularly within family farming businesses. Do you think that the the, the efforts you put in to diversify and, and introduce new activities on the farm has helped to secure the farming business for future generations? Do you, do you think that's helped you with that? Definitely. I think it's an interesting question. As you said, we're 140 acres, which for Suffolk is a very small farm. And um, when we originally moved here, there were five, five farms in the village, uh, all of a similar size, and now there's just two, which is ourselves and uh, our neighbour, who's got uh, considerable acreage, which is how East Anglia is. So I really, I honestly don't think hollow trees would be here today um, had we not diversified. Conversely, for future generations, we have created something that's very diverse, that needs a big skill set um, in terms of running a cafe, which could be a standalone, and education, which could be a standalone. So in terms of, for instance, our own family, for one particular child or one particular um, person to take it on now uh, would be quite challenging, which is the thing that um, my husband and I are sort of considering at the moment, as I said earlier, we're building a team that can move forward. Um, But it's very easy to see succession as clear cut, just we pass it on to the next generation. But when you diversify, it's not quite as clear cut as that because you've got a farm where you need skill sets for running a farm, as I say. And if you diversified as much as we have, um, you, you need different skill sets. So it isn't clear cut. But for sure, Hollow Trees Farm would not be here today without its diversification. And what's your future plan? Uh, describe to us Hollow Tree Farm in, in 10 or 20 years time. What will it look like then? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so... Uh, we, we're still constantly building here. We have planning permission to um, build a new education room and a new kiosk, uh, sorry, farm trail entry, etc. Um, what it will be uh, in my eyes is more streamlined. I very much hope not to be at the helm, uh, but I would very much like to have a, a team, uh, whether it be family or whether it be some of the fantastic team we have working for us, running it um, day to day as it is. But ultimately, as I've said, and it sounds a romantic idea, but I'm absolutely passionate about the fact the farm stays in the middle um, and it is a farm diversification, not a diversification that's taken over, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I very much hope Hollow Trees will be here in 10 years' time. I, I would like it to be in safe hands of our, our children and our young team who we've got uh, a great respect for because they are just amazing. Well, I'm sure it's in very safe hands uh, in, indeed. And um, Alison, if I can just, just bring you in here, I know we're, we're running up against our, our, our end time here, but what would be your piece of advice um, to someone who's keen to develop uh, a, um, a diversification business on the farm what would be your sort of final piece of advice to them? I think the first thing would be um, sort of my my information at the beginning, really, you know, to really understand your assets, what, what you want to do, your vision, really, because that's going to be the key to it all. I mean, you know, like Sally was saying a moment ago, you know, for them, Hollow Trees is a farm diversification. It isn't a farm which has now diversified away from farming. So I think it's really important to establish, yeah, 
what what you are passionate about and um, letting it, you know, and take it from there, really guide it from there, because ultimately that's going to be what um, what, you know, um, the direction of travel for, for the uh, enterprise. And also, you know, I, I'm going to say this, obviously, but to seek advice as early as possible, because, you know, it's much easier to seek advice at the beginning uh, from the outset and start on the right path from the beginning, as opposed to having to sort of change uh, focus halfway through. And perhaps, you know, in some cases I've seen, you know, even go back to the drawing board, maybe, uh, which is obviously, you know, not not what we want to be doing. So, you know, the advice is there. It's available to all of our members. So, you know, please do use us and we we can certainly help you with something like this. Please do give us a call. And, you know, in relation to social media, if members need help with that, then the CLA, we're actually holding a webinar on the 22nd of September regarding maximising your media profile. It's hosted by the CLA comms manager, uh, Lee Murphy, who's a, an ex-journalist at the Leeds Great. And we've, uh, we're being joined by uh, other journalists and people from the media to help members navigate what is, you know, increasingly becoming a bit of a minefield with social media, perhaps, and, um, you know, managing uh, negative comments and things like that. So, you know, please do sign up for that. That's available online uh, or call the CLA East office to sign up. And Sally, finally, what would be your take home advice to our listeners? Uh, well, I totally endorse all that Alison said, seek advice early. On a practical point, I'd say understand your financials and make sure you review them regularly and if you don't understand them seek advice from somebody who does that can join you on your journey and that that's key to make sure that the diversification is paying its way as lovely as the idea sounds the bottom line is it must pay its way but similarly to know your goals know what you're aiming for and most of all is to enjoy the journey well, well that's a great way to to end this podcast enjoying the journey that's so important to, to remember isn't it because farmers have got so many skills uh, at their disposal and being having that ability to adapt think creatively introduce new income streams to the farm uh, definitely will be something that's going to be very much at the forefront of many people's minds uh, because we're facing a a period of significant change within agriculture. But it's an exciting time. Clearly, there have been challenges in the past 12 months, but uh, also some positives to come out of the pandemic experience, which uh, will certainly uh, provide new new options, new opportunities for for farmers going forward. Um, Sally and Alison, I really enjoyed your company over the past half an hour or so. Really, really interesting. Um, Sally, can I wish you all the very best with the business as it continues to grow uh, and I'm sure it's in very safe hands and I'm sure there'll be people flocking to see Hollow Trees Farm as soon as they can uh, and to see all the various activities you've got there. So thank you very much Sally. Thank you. Uh, and Alison thank you as well uh, for, for all your input and explaining the huge amount of support that's available there to CLA members uh, and I'm sure those who are starting out on their diversification journey are in a really good position if they're members of the CLA gaining access to all that expert advice and insights so, so thank you very much to you uh, thank you very much indeed thanks Alan. it's been great fun thank you if you're not a member of the CLA you can join today more information can be found on our website www.cla.org.uk Thank you for listening and I hope you can join us again soon. You've been listening to the Rural Business Uncovered podcast, the CLA's weekly podcast released every Friday. You can find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or just search Rural Business Uncovered on your chosen podcast provider. 
Remember to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.